I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from the Netherlands. She's a Power Platform Senior Analyst. She was first awarded her MVP in 2023. Uh, the interesting thing, and I'll get her to tell us about it, is her career change uh, into her role. You can find links to her bio, social media, etc. in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you so much, Mark. Thanks for having me. Good to have you on the show. Tell me a bit about life outside of technology. What do you do when you're not working on Microsoft things? Um, what do you do for food, family, and fun? So for food, I've actually traveled quite a lot. And I've been inspired by my travels by, uh, to Thailand, to Turkey, to Greece. So I like to cook anything beyond uh, or n- no Dutch food, basically. So it's all uh, big flavors and um, lots of herbs and spices. And that is also a way for me to relax after a long day of work. And um, me and my husband actually do Argentine tango. But in the past uh, three years, he tore his ligament in his, his ACL. So we actually had to quit uh, lessons and everything. But uh, Argentine Tango is a big passion, cooking, watch, watching TV shows, and taking care of my cat, who is currently taking a nap next to me. Uh, nice. How does Argentine Tango differ from... Um, where does Tango originate from? So Tango, I think, is French. Well, the Argentine tango originated, I think it was early 1900s. I hope my uh, my dance teacher isn't listening and correcting me. But it's, uh, it, it was actually originated by slaves who wanted to have a way to have fun and enjoy and enjoy the, the music. So they, they actually started Argentine tango um, after, after, after hours on the streets just having fun. And I got interested in it because of shows like Dancing with the Stars. But I thought Argentine Tango was this big, flashy dance with like big moves and leg work. And the first time I, I went to a lesson, it was 1920s music. Everybody was 50 years or older. And I got there like, what am I doing here? And then 30 minutes later, an hour later, I was told it was, it was awesome. People were so nice. I loved music. And we just started doing lessons from there. Incredible, incredible. Now, you've, you're saying you've traveled a lot, and I, I find a list of interesting countries in what you've, what you've said. Where's your favorite country in the world? 
I would have to say Thailand. Yeah, because it, because it's so versatile and there's there's such a rich culture and food and people are really nice and you, you can do anything. You can go from a water park, you can go traditional, you can go to uh, to a jungle, to a pool, you can go to uh, to like Bangkok, the, the big town. So you can do everything. I hear a lot of people, a lot of tech people go there as an alternative lifestyle. They've got good internet and things like that. And they can, you know, if they can get work remote jobs, you can get all the lifestyle of Thailand, but um, uh, you can still, you know, earn your salary or however you work back in the countries that you could, as you know, as long as you have like a remote position. But I hear Thailand is one of those tech friendly countries in that respect. Yeah, definitely. No, the the there's a lot of uh there's a lot of locations with good internet and the the cost of living there for us is lower so 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 if you have your your own wage then it's def- definitely doable to get like a really big house stable internet and everything how did how did you get into technology what was you, what's your story of your journey to tech yeah, so that's actually kind of well, I think interesting. So I became a hairdresser, and when I turned sixteen, I went to hairdresser school. And every time the computer broke down, I could fix it. And uh, during my hairdressing school, I loved it, being creative and working with your hands and doing everything. But within a year, I noticed I was I started getting back and neck issues, and so I've. I've I've worked I've worked as a hairdresser for, for a year, but then I had to quit. I can do one client, two clients, and then I'm done. My shoulders, my neck, everything. It just hurts too much. So I went to a, a school like Open Day for Education, and I found IT uh, IT at education there, and I started uh, being becoming interested in that and doing it. And two and a half years, three years later, I graduated. And then I didn't continue with a higher, uh, with a higher level because they changed the, they changed the course of the, uh, of the education from one year to two years by then. And I wasn't, I wasn't looking, looking forward to, uh, sorry, my speech, doing, doing, do doing two more years in uh, in that school. So then I just started working. And I was working for for an external company as a as a contractor. So I got hired by an accountancy agency, a law firm, a bank insurance company. I've worked for UNESCO and then uh, and then Comoros came along a chemical company. And they hired me internally about four years ago now. So that's, that's, that's kind of been my journey. So I started out doing IT support, incident management, change management, more the IT operations side of things. I started doing IT courses and just interested in that, uh, like MTSA exams and everything. And then gradually I started doing SharePoint designer, InfoPath, uh, workflows, Power BI, and then I just grew and somebody called me like, hey, there's a position open on the automation team. Would you be interested? I'm like, sure, I am. 
And I figured it, it would just be Power BI and recording and a little bit of Power Apps. And it turned out to be 90% Power Apps, Power Automate, and a little bit of Power BI. But yeah, that's, that's kind of been my whole journey going from IT support, uh, change management over to, uh, over to the Power Platform. That's such an interesting journey. And, and I love hearing of people changing their careers, you know, into tech from something else and, and really doing well in it. And obviously you, you, you're doing great. Tell me about, um, what are the typical use cases that you're building nowadays in Power Apps or Power Automate and Power BI? What are the, 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 the business problems that you're solving at the moment? So we do all of our internal work. So it's for commerce internally. And we can do anything from a reservation system to a packaging specification system holding, uh, holding very specific uh, product in, in, in information. Or we have, uh, let me see, what else can I talk about? Well, it's more internal to our men, to our men, manufacturing, engineering, uh, all of the different departments, whichever application they would like, but it's also replacing legacy applications. So I had the biggest struggle in replacing a piece of legacy software that had a data backend from the, from the 90s. And uh, I really had to ask an older friend of mine with experience of the past 30 years to actually get the data somewhere. Which, uh, which actually turned out to be me moving it into SQL, doing a virtual table, and resulting in me getting selected for the Vegas conference on the virtual table session. So you're doing that conference later this year? I am. It's actually in 50 days. Yeah, I know it's getting my, – my boss just said to me the other day, um, oh, listen, I'm going to sort of about us to go there in November – and I said, I don't think it's in November, mate. I said, I think it's in October. No, it's October. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's oh, congratulations on, on getting to speak at that event. Um, do you prefer one technology over the other when it comes to the Power Platform? Are you more into Power Apps or more into Power Automate? Where do you, you know, what do you naturally lean into and enjoy more? So, so I used to be a Power BI person. Then I started working on the Power Platform, developing Power Apps using Power Automate. And I would say it kind of leaned towards Power Automate, strangely enough, because there's just so many possibilities with it. And last week I did my Power Automate exam and I learned a whole lot more about RPA. And so I'm kind of leaning towards Tetra right now. But I would say the one that I have least experience with this virtual agent but it's uh you yeah, know i mean the whole platform i've started diving into power pages as well i want to do a, a, a virtual agent for my demo for vegas so it's uh it's a, it's a really interesting package what you mentioned you did your exam that's the pl 500 right exam that you've you've <laughs> recently just done how did you find that exam because it's one of the newest power platform exams out there what was your uh, you know feeling about the exam what, what were your thoughts in hindsight on on sitting it i actually didn't find it too difficult i anticipated that it would be really uh, rpa heavy which it is 
but it actually it's actually not that daunting of an exam. It's um, if you know a, if you know how a cloud flow works and a desktop flow works, and the difference between those and the possibilities, then you can you can easily take the, take the exam. Of course, there's the technical aspects and and different scenarios, but it's I think it's a really good exam. That's um, that's good feedback on it. Now you mentioned. Um, Power Virtual Agents. Um, and so are you planning on building, did you say, a scenario out for the conference? Yes. So I don't want to spoil too much, but I want to do a demo on Virtual Agent, how it can use a Teams Adaptive Card in a fun, fun, exciting way. Yes. I think PVA and Adaptive Cards inside Microsoft Teams allow you to address so many different business use cases. And it creates a great interface for people to work with them. I mean, I call them mini apps, right? Adaptive cards and the flexibility um, that it can give you. Tell me, how did you become an MVP? What was that journey for you? Yeah, so I went to the Power Platform Conference this past year in uh, September, I think it was. And I was just in awe with all of the MVPs and all of the Microsoft there and I took a leap of faith and I saw Hubert Bernier, David Warner just sitting there with an empty chair next to them. So I was like, wait a minute, I can 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 I sit here? And they were like, yeah, of course, sure. So I so I started talking to them and getting to know about about the community and sharing and the ability to do sessions uh, yourself. And I started getting uh, more feedback from them, from Azure, Azure McFarlane, and and many other people. And during my very first speaking engagement, uh, Ben Ben Blanco was also there, and he actually gave me the Power Apps in a Day training a year earlier. So uh, so so it kind of went full circle and. And, and I started talking to different people about uh, how sessions work, how blogging works, how websites work and everything. And then around February, somebody suggested to me, like, hey, I want to nominate you for MVP. I was like, no, it's, it's, it's too early. I've only been in, the, in this world, in the, in the community for like four months. I mean, being an MVP is about a year, year process or years even. And he nominated me anyway. And then on um, March for my work, I got promoted. I got selected for the Vegas sessions. I was a guest on the Power Platform Connect. And then in June, I think I got awarded MVP. Wow. That's so good. Has, so, has so it changed anything for you? I've been really fortunate to, to do some of the some of the NEA meetings and, and 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 getting the additional information and perks of uh, of uh, being an MVP, but I've also found that it's so much that it's kind of a bit of a struggle to to keep up and to actually use that information that's out there. But uh, but I but I'm just really passionate in helping other people and motivating them, for example, with Microsoft exams. So, so, so I'm hoping with me now, now being an MVP that they, can, that they can feel that they can 
reach out to me for assistance, for guidance. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm your host, business application MVP, Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again and see you next time.